Hello and welcome to Eloquently Awkward. I am your host today, Terry. Um, usually there's um, a couple of us, but due to circumstances this week, there's just me. And when I say due to circumstances, it's usually me. <laughs> I am um, usually the reason why um, we're not all together and this week was no exception. So I'm going to talk about that later in the podcast, but um, I hope you'll stick around. I hope you'll listen. Um, I'm excited to be doing it. It's kind of weird to do the podcast by myself because I am alone in a room with a microphone, a new microphone that I was super excited to get with Amanda and try them because I think the quality is going to improve tremendously with these microphones. And now I can't do that with her because she's not here. So next week we'll have to do it. But um, I miss being with her. I miss when all three of us can't be together, Um, but we'll be all back together soon. And Sometimes you might just hear one of us and you know what, that's okay. We just want to be sure we're still connecting with our audience and um, that's what we're doing today. So as most of you know, if you've been following us, we've been in a study on expectations. We've done expectations, I think of a Christian, um, just what God expects of us. And we did expectations of uh, a wife. We did expectations of a mother. And today we are going to do, um, this one's a little bit out of the box. It's Um, What are God's expectations for us as Christians when we go through trials or tribulations? I found an interesting little article online that kind of broke down um, what they call the eight categories of trials. And this I got from the Institute, let me read it right, the Institute in Basic Life Principles. Um, If you want to check it out for your own, this is where I found this little tidbit of information. They, they categorize um, our trials into eight sections, and here's what they are. Um, the first area is infirmities, which would be physical illnesses. Um, number two, second category would be the necessities in life, like the wear and care of our daily responsibilities and our daily day-to-day life. Category three would be distresses, um, which would be disappointments and hurts in our life. Category number four would be tribulations, which would be, they refer to it as unusual pressures or unusual challenges in our life. Category five, they put as temptations, which are opportunities to yield to our sin nature. So um, that kind of speaks for itself. Just being tempted is what that category is talking about. Um, Number six is fiery um, trials, which they describe that as bursts of anger or grief or intense struggles. Category number seven would be in reproach, which is ridicule, rejection on the account of your faith. And number eight would be persecutions, which they describe as oppression due to religious convictions. So I think it's safe to say that one of these categories, I hope not all of them, but some of us might have experienced some trials or tribulations in all of these categories. Um, That's what we're going to talk about. What should be our response when we are faced with some of these trials and tribulations. What do we do as a Christian? Um, When you're faced with despair or disappointment or even a disaster, what does God want us to do? What does he expect us to do? Um, In the book of James, chapter 1, verses 1 through 13, I'm not going to read it all. I'm just going to give a quick overview of it. Um, He reminds us in this chapter and in these verses that God wants us to trust him in trials. Even when we don't understand, we are supposed to trust God. In Isaiah, he even says in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, he reminds us 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my way, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So what he's saying here is what I'm doing and my thought processes and the way I'm doing it is not the way you're going to do it. So at this point in time, you're probably all thinking, okay, Terry, I know all of this and it's just not that easy. You were just like, just trust him. It's just that easy. The Bible says to trust him. Well, guys, ladies, men, whoever's listening, it should be that easy. It should be about trust. But you know what? I will agree. It's one of the hardest things to do. So that's what we're going to talk about. What does the Lord expect to us? How does the Lord expect us to react when we're in these situations? How are we supposed to trust the Lord in these hard situations? So I'm going to tell a little bit of a story, which kind of includes what happened this week. Not kind of, it does include what happened this week. Um, this week was crazy <laughs> for me. Um, not just for me, but for many people. And I don't know if there's just something in the air this week, but many Christians have faced horrible losses really scary diagnoses. Uh, There's been a couple accidents that I know of. Just bizarre situations. There's just been a lot of trial and tribulation this week amongst a lot of people that I know. And the majority of these, like I said, have been Christians. And it's been interesting to me to see how they respond and to listen to how they respond to each of their situations. Um, Even my own family this week, like I said, we had a scary... um, lists of events that happen. And I'm not going to go into much detail because my husband's pretty private, but he was really sick at the beginning of the week and he wound up, um, at the ER and in the hospital for three days. Um, he's home now and he's recovering and we now have answers. We just got them over the last couple days. But for those few days that he was in there, we didn't have answers and the doctors did a lot of tests and they threw out a lot of big, scary words, um, that could be possibilities. A lot of words that you don't ever really want to hear, but they they didn't know either what was causing his his problems. But you know what? Through the whole thing, because the whole thing started last Thursday, and then he finally went into the doctor on Sunday, and then that's when he was admitted. But through it all, I was okay. Uh, my husband was okay. And I'm not just talking about emotionally okay, but like we were spiritually just okay. We were in a peaceful, calming state. I don't know how to explain it. Um, but during this time, it did make me stop and think, how am I this at peace with this? Like, I can honestly say for the first time in my life that this, something like this that had happened when I was younger would have devastated me and it would have caused me a lot of stress, a lot of anger, a lot of worry. And don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect. And I wasn't like skipping through the tulips this week thinking, oh, this is so great. God's working a great thing in us. I was worried um, this week, but I truly had a piece about it. Um, And I just was really thinking about this this week as I was preparing this devotion. Um, How? How is that even possible that I had a piece like that? We didn't have answers. We didn't have the answers we needed here on earth. But I think even though we didn't have worldly answers, we still knew that God was in control and God had the answers and it gave us a peace. And for the first time in my life, like I said, I can say with 100% surety that God had this and God had Jeff in the palm of his hand. And all I had to do was trust in him. That's all I had to do. So I started thinking as I was preparing this lesson, it was very timely because I was supposed to be doing a lesson this week on an expectation. And I wasn't quite sure what X, I'm like, oh gosh, like we've already gone over a few things. What am I going to talk about? And that's when I thought this would be perfect. Like the Lord just was like, here, talk about your experience. And I think 
I always say this is one way we learn from each other and encourage each other is by sharing our experiences. And that's what I'm going to do today. So I started asking myself, why was my response so different this week than it was in the past? Well, I think one of the first reasons is the Lord has really been growing me in my faith and he's been stretching my faith. And this was just another way that he was doing that. My relationship with the Lord has been growing and been growing a lot. My daughter and I just had this conversation last week. I really had fallen behind in my Bible reading and my prayer time. And I told her what a difference it had been making. And you know what? I'm so glad that I had been in my Bible and, and, and praying and being with the Lord because last week, this week would have been really hard for me. I think if that wasn't going on. So through my Bible reading and my prayer life and going to church and just other ways I've connected with God and during my worship times, he and I has have been building a relationship and we've been building this relationship since I was saved. And I think that's why I had such a peace because my relationship's been growing with him. If we're not continuing to grow closer to God and to grow as a Christian, growing in Christ, we're standing still and we're not learning anything. We're not moving forward. And sometimes we can go backwards. So what I'm trying to say here is you have to have a growing relationship with the Lord. I really think that's where my peace came from this week was just knowing through my relationship building with him is that he had this. He had everything in his control. Second Peter 3.18 says, but grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. So what that verse is saying that we're supposed to grow in grace and in knowledge and in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. Um, James 4.8 says, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. Another great verse that says, Come bring it to me, like grow with me. Let me draw near to me so I can help you. And then a famous chapter, Matthew 11, verses 20 to 30 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Again, this is just saying, come to me. He wants us to come to him and he wants us to to give him our burdens and to share our lives with him. That's what we have to do to make our relationship grow with Christ. You, you have to come into him. You have to draw near to him. You have to grow in grace with him. So, like I said, we have to grow closer to God. But you know what? One thing, like in the one verse in Matthew, it says we have to learn. That's exactly what we have to do. It's a choice everybody. It is a choice to grow closer to God. We have to trust him. And to do that, we have to make the choice to trust him. Just like in any relationship, we have to grow closer and you only grow closer by building that trust as you grow closer. So as we get closer to God, we learn that we need to wait on him. We learn that we have to trust him more. It's just something that you learn to keep going. You're not going to learn this if you're not trying to grow closer to Christ. It is a, a daily decision, sometimes even an hourly decision to to be closer and to do right and to listen to what he wants to do to grow closer. It's a decision that we make. And you know, as you grow closer to the Lord, you know what else you learn? You learn that God has a greater purpose for you in your life. And we learn that his purpose is going to bring him the glory. Our, our um, selfish desires and needs of things that we want and the things that we want to see happen begin to kind of dim and we begin to see, okay, he has a purpose for me and that's what my focus should be is, is on the Lord and how he's going to use me to fulfill his purpose. And you know what? He has been showing me this and we should want that. I, you know, at first I'd honestly say, 
I think part of the reason why I didn't want to grow closer to God is because I've been scared of what he's going to ask me to do. Maybe something he's going to ask me to give up. Um, But if anything, all this has done is brought me closer and shown me that nothing's being taken away from me. I'm thinking about it on a human mind scale, if that makes sense. I'm not thinking of it with the end result in mind. And you know what? We should want to bring glory to the Lord. We should want to learn his purpose for us. And we do that by growing closer to him. So we should, every Christian should want to bring glory to God. And me trusting the Lord gives God glory. That's what I desire to do is bring glory. And I hope, my hope for you is that your desire is to also bring God the glory. So that's my first point. I should have said that before I started. My first point is if you want to know what God expects from us in trials, the first point is you have to trust him. And you can only trust him by growing closer to him. And that's by developing your relationship with him. Now I have a couple more points. I think I have three points. Um, The next one should go a little bit faster, hopefully, (laughs) than that one. Um, Point number two, um, God expects us to rejoice um, when we're in trials and tribulations. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Every time I hear that, I want to sing the song, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then you clap a couple times. But the microphone's right here, so I don't do that because it'd probably be loud in your ears. But... You probably are asking yourself, okay, it is not even possible to rejoice and be joyful while you're sad or while you're going through something. But I would dare to disagree with you and say, yes, it absolutely is possible to rejoice and be joyful when you're going through things or when things are sad or rough or tough or whatever the situation, even though our situation could be painful, what we're in, again, we can learn to rejoice. We can still rejoice in God. We can still rejoice in his blessings. You see, rejoicing is a response that proves our trust in him. Rejoicing is evidence that we are trusting him. So how on earth can you rejoice when you've gotten the worst news ever? That's probably the question you're thinking. Like it's hard to, you just got some horrible news or some horrible diagnosis. And how on earth are you going to rejoice through that? Well, there's a few ways. You can rejoice that he's in control. You can rejoice in the fact that God has a purpose for this trial and that he has your best interests in his hands and in his heart. You can rejoice that he loves you. If nothing else, guys, the one thing we can always rejoice in, especially if you're a Christian, especially if you're saved, is your salvation. That right there should be enough to give you joy throughout until until we go into eternity. That is what is important right here. Rejoicing that he saved you. Like if nothing else, that should bring you joy. That should be rejoiceful in your eyes. The reason we can't find things to rejoice to sometimes during hard times is because we're not trusting him. So I would say if, if you're going through a hard time for me this week, it was a hard time. It was a difficult time. Um, but I still was rejoicing in the fact that he had this under control. I was rejoicing in the fact that other things in our life was going well. I was rejoicing in the fact that he loved us and that he had this whole situation in control. It was such a feeling of of peace. I just can't explain it. I really can't. Um, I don't. It's hard to explain unless you've you've done it, and hopefully a lot of you have experienced that. But I think part of the problem is we think. The reason we don't rejoice is because we think he's going to fail us. Sometimes on our human minds, we think that he's another human and that he's not perfect and that rejoicing is just not going to happen because he doesn't hold up his end of the bargain because that's what us humans do. 
we a lot of times don't hold up our end, but you know what? You can rejoice in the fact that he is Lord and that he cannot fail and that his promises are true. God expects us to be rejoicing during the trials. That's what he expects. The Bible tells us that's what he expects us to do. So I just want to encourage you on this point, which was God expects us to rejoice. Just try to find something to rejoice over. Even if you're in one of the hardest trials in your life and you don't know, you can't see the end, you know who can see the end? God can see it. And you just need to rejoice in the fact that he has your best interest at heart and he has He has a will for your life and a purpose for your life. And you just have to rejoice in that fact. If you can't rejoice in any of those, rejoice in the fact that you're saved because that alone should give you joy. That should fulfill some longing in you. Um, So just rejoice in that fact. Start there. If you can't find something to rejoice over, rejoice in the fact that you are saved. And if you're not saved, please reach out, email the podcast, send us a message, reach out however you can. We would love to be able to talk to you about how you can be saved. Just it, it's such a comfort and a, and a reason to rejoice to know you're saved. Okay, point number three. And I wrote final point next to it, so it should be our final point. God also expects us to be thankful when we're in trials and tribulations. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is the one that's hard for me. Now, I know you're probably thinking God expects us to be thankful when he gives us an awful diagnosis or when he takes something or whatever, whatever the situation is that's going on. God expects us to be thankful and you probably rolled your eyes into the back of your head. Yeah, he does. It's a commandment actually to be thankful. I had to stop and think, how can you be thankful? And I think for me, I had to stop and think and remind myself that God has brought me to this point in time in my life. Maybe it's so I can experience a place of real thankfulness and a place of real thanksgiving. What if he's allowing this this tragedy or these things to go on or what happened with Jeff this week that so he can say, come walk with me. Let me help you grow closer to me. I, I, I want to show you how to be thankful. I don't know why the Lord allows things to happen. Um, some of them are painful. Some of them are are not good. Uh, but he allows them to happen for a reason. And I really think, and I think the Bible would back me up on it, is it's so we can draw closer to him. That's what we're supposed to do. Like I said, God commands us to be thankful. And he's telling us to choose to be thankful. Again, it's something that you have to learn. It's something you have to make a choice to do. And it's not just, it's easy to thank God when everything is great and to be on top of the world, but it's not easy when those times are hard. And those are the times that he still wants you to be thankful. I believe that God is telling us to be thankful despite our trials and despite our problems, that we need to have an attitude of gratitude. Now, I'm not saying you have to be like, thank you, God, for this cancer. It's just been so great. I mean, no, that's not. I mean, I guess some people probably are thankful because maybe it led to other decisions and there's different things to be thankful for. But instead of focusing on that circumstance and what is just going so horribly wrong or whatever that diagnosis was, we need to be thankful for the things in our life. We need to have an attitude of gratitude. When we choose to have an attitude of gratitude, we are more sensitive to God's presence and to his comforting presence at that. We're more aware that God is using these trials to transform us. Being thankful is also an act of submission. We are saying, 
to the Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And that's in Luke 22, 42. It talks about his will to be done. We're telling God and we're showing God when we're being thankful that we trust him. We're also showing others that we trust him. I mean, what better testimony is it when like all this week, it was just a crazy time, guys. It was crazy being in and out and doctors and everything that was going on. But I feel like Jeff and I were a good testimony. We gave a good testimony and had a positive outlook and we were just thankful for the care that he was getting. We were thankful for the people that were in our lives this week that were just such great friends. Like we were just so thankful for so many things, even through a hard time. And so what better way to share Christ is than through these times? What better way to show people that Christ is worth trusting, that Christ is worth having a relationship for? You know what? And this is just an afterthought. You know why else we should be thankful? It helps us have joy. Now, in this world, in this day and age, so many people just don't have joy. They might think they have happiness, but that's just because it's bought or like they get something and it gives them temporary happiness and what they think is joy. But have you ever noticed that grumpy people are usually not very thankful people? Think about all the people you know. And there's probably one person in your life that's always grumpy, that always looks down on the world, like poor, poor, pitiful me, my life just stinks. Does that person have... A thankful attitude no they don't usually they're grumpy and they're not joyful I really think joy comes from an inner place of contentment I know it does and that comes from fully trusting the Lord and that all comes from being thankful and and being re, being um, not rejoiceful that's not a word being thankful and rejoicing because that's what the Bible tells us we're supposed to do and that's what God wants us to do all of these are building tools to build that relationship with Christ. And I think a lot of times we miss that. You know, it's it's hard to be thankful and it's hard to um, be rejoicing in some situations. But the more you do it, the more it becomes commonplace. So you could be having the worst day or get the worst news. And you know what? You're going to have a comfort and a peace that most people don't have. And that is worth so much. So I just want to encourage you, be thankful for those things. Have an attitude of gratitude no matter what your situation. Be rejoicing no matter what your situation. There's always something to be thankful for. There's always something to be rejoicing for. So how did I trust the Lord this week? That was the question I opened with. How did I trust the Lord this week and react with such peace? Well, the only reason is because of Jesus and my salvation and my relationship, my choice to choose Jesus, my choice to choose my relationship, my choice to choose to read my Bible, my choice to learn of him and to be where he wants me to be in his Bible and in his word and praying. It's all a choice, guys. And I I think that's what I've missed a lot of these years is it's a choice and it's a conscious decision you have to make to do that. And once you start making those conscious decisions to be in his word and to follow him and to find things to be thankful for and find things to rejoice in. He gives you that contentment and that peace. And that's what he wants to give you. He doesn't want us to walk through life being grumpy and being sad all the time. That's not what he wants. Jesus this week gave me a peace because I chose to be thankful and I chose to have joy. I've chosen to trust him. That's the basis of this. You have to choose to trust him. This is all a choice. You know, you see those shirts out there that say, choose joy. I used to think, well, that's really cliche and dumb, but it really is. It really is a matter of your attitude. 
And I think the Lord blesses that when you're trying to walk with him and you're, you're commun- communion with, communing with him, he, he blesses that. And he blesses that by giving you things to be thankful for, by giving you reasons to rejoice. He's just, you know what? God is so good to us and we don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. You might think you deserve it. I know. I'll speak for myself. I know I don't deserve it. I'm just, I'm not a good person. I have so many faults and I just don't understand why he blesses and gives and loves me the way that he does, but he does. And I think as I get older, I'm realizing this. I wish I would have learned this when I was younger. I wish I would have learned to walk closer with him when I was younger. Um, I think I would have saved myself a lot of heartache. So if you're a new baby Christian or maybe you're in that middle phase, you're like, is this really worth it? Like, I don't know what I'm doing because I've had all those thoughts, guys. Just stick with it. Just do it. Just try him. There's a verse. Actually, I just did a devotion on this last week. Um, this is in my notes, but so I'm going off course here. This could get ugly. No, I'm just kidding. It won't be ugly. I just like to go down rabbit holes, but it was, um, it was Psalms and I can't remember the address right now, but oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And you know what that verse is saying? It's saying, try me, like try me. Um, and like I was telling the ladies in the meeting, you don't know, I could explain to you all day long what it's like to have peace and joy and contentment. Um, and what the Lord brings, but until you experience it and you try it for yourself, you're not going to understand. So I just want to encourage everybody this week, just taste and see that the Lord is good. Try him, take him up on these things that he promises us in his Bible, claim his promises. That is why we have the Bible. And that is why we need to be in the Bible and to be seeking him is because he will show you what he wants from you. And he will show you how to have these things You just have to look for it. You have to be in tune with him. You have to be in a relationship with him and you have to be seeking these things. So I just want to encourage you to trust, trust a little bit each day, no matter what it is. Just take that little taste, just take that little step of faith and trust him a little bit. Each day, talk to him a little bit. You don't have to be in your Bible for eight hours like some great doctrinal thesis writing person. I know that was a real technical term, but that's what we're going to refer to it as. You just have to get in there and just find something, some little tidbit in your Bible, some verse in your Bible, meditate on that verse, um, thank him for that verse, thank him for his words, ask him how you can put that verse into play. And he's going to show you, I think you'll be surprised. Um, My daughter and I were talking about this week. I was like, you just got to try him. We were talking about how sometimes we forget how good he is and we just need to get back in the practice of things. And that's where I was a few weeks ago. I just had to get back in the practice of making that conscious decision. So I just want to encourage you. One, if you've never started or never had a relationship with Jesus Christ and and you're not saved, please reach out. We want to help you um, make that right. We want to see everybody get saved and come to Jesus. Number two, if you're a baby Christian, you're probably pretty excited right now because you just got saved, which is that's a great place to be. Get into that Bible. Get into that Word. Start learning. Start discipling. Um, just start asking the Lord what he wants of you. If you're in that middle part of your Christian walk where you're like struggling, again, get back in the word. Um, go to the Lord and ask him what he wants from you. He will show you. And then if you're like me and you're starting to get right back into it, just keep on doing it. Just keep on believing, keep on learning, keep on trusting. And it's just I, in my head, I'm like, it cannot get, it's going to get better. I, I can't see getting better. I feel like I'm in a good spot. But it's going to get better because he promises me that. And I am looking forward to getting closer to the Lord. I'm looking forward to seeing 
how I'm going to be rejoicing in the future and how I'm going to be thankful in the future. It's exciting. And the times we live in are exciting. So to see the Lord bless and to, and to give things and to um, give us reasons to be rejoicing, it's exciting. And so I hope that's where you're at in your life. And I just encourage you to build your relationship so you can just fully trust the Lord, fully rely on him and just keep building that relationship. That's ultimately is what it's going to take. When you come into trials and tribulations, the first question was, what are we as Christians to do when faced with despair, disappointment, or disaster? We're supposed to trust. So I just want to encourage everybody this week to trust, um, not me, not what I'm saying, but trust what the Lord um, tells you and what the Lord um, gives you. That's who you need to trust. So there we go. We're almost at 30 minutes, so not too bad. It's kind of weird, though, like I said, not having someone to bounce things off of, but I hope it was an encouragement. Um, next week, Amanda and I will be back together. And I'm not sure if we're still going to be in the expectation study. Um, maybe we will be. Maybe we'll be moving on. I don't know. I haven't talked to her. This week's been crazy. So other than just a quick text here and there. But Amanda, I've missed you this week. So um, yeah, we'll be back together next week. And um, I just hope everybody has a great week. And we will talk to you then. Bye-bye.